0: Thanks for joining me for the Friday Reporter Podcast. My name is Lisa Camuso Miller, and I am a public affairs professional in Washington, D.C., talking to reporters from all across the country about how it is they do their work and how it is we as communication professionals can do ours better. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast today's episode is a little bit different from some of the other episodes we've had. Typically, I've visited with friends and colleagues of mine who talk about uh, a lot about politics. This guest, today's guest, Janice Dean from Fox News, is also a, a meteorologist and spends her time at a highly political organization, but she herself has also found a way to find the bright spots in an otherwise sort of difficult and well, unusual time. Janice Dean from Fox News, thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Lisa. Thanks for having me.
0: Janice, I hoped for a minute, because you are in the meteorology space, because you do weather at a, at a, a politically um, exciting uh, network, I hoped you could talk to me a little bit about your background and how it is you came to be doing what it is you do today.
1: It's a good question, um, because I didn't get here the conventional way where, you know, you're a kid and you decide you're going to do something and then you go to school for it. And then, you know, you're doing your career, what you've always wanted to do. That's not to say that I didn't know at a young age that I was going to do something uh, in broadcasting, because, you know, my mom will tell you when younger in school, I would take a spoon and I would go outside and interview my friends and neighbors in in, uh, in, in the neighborhood. You know, what's the weather like today? What are you up to today? What are you doing this weekend? Um, So I think that just being in the broadcasting uh, business is something that I think I always, always wanted to do, but I just, you know didn't really know what my career path was going to look like back then so i was in school i decided to take journalism uh which i grew up in canada so uh Carleton university was um was the the university that uh that i applied for and i was accepted and i hated it oh, no. <laughs> i I mean there were many reasons why I suppose I had the feelings that I had. I had a boyfriend who had just moved to California. He was a little bit older than I was and and he had graduated from university. He was a an engineer uh-huh. and got and and got a job in California which is something that his dream w- was sure. is to move to the US and have a great career and live in a beautiful place. And so when I was in journalism and I, and I found out that I wasn't going to get on the cameras or do any kind of reporting until fourth year. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm somebody who wants immediate satisfaction, right? Like I have, I can't, I
0: can't relate at all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was the point where you weren't really doing anything in the, your career field until several years down the road. So it was, you know, taking, Uh, psychology classes and English, and not to say that all of those aren't important, but I really wanted to get into it. I wanted to get out in the field and, and know what it was like to be a reporter. So I had the boyfriend that moved to California. I was very frustrated with uh, my first year of university, Uh, very overwhelmed as well. You know, Mm -hmm. like going from a person in a classroom who knows everybody and your, you know, your teacher knows who you are to being like hundreds in a room and just being basically a number that was like shuffling down the hallway to your next class. And so I quit. Uh, several months in, my mother and my father were very disappointed in me. Uh, I, you know, decided to buy a ticket uh, to see my boyfriend in California, and and thought to myself, well, I'll just hang out with him for a while. So a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean listen, you know, I, I can't imagine why your years. parents weren't thrilled. <laughs> no, they weren't. They were not thrilled. But I but it was a turning point. It was, mm. you know, when you look back on your life and you see those moments where it was like the light bulb went off or, you know, you decided to go down a different path, that was something that was very important for the j- trajectory of my life because I was there for a couple of weeks and then he kind of sat me down and said, "What do you want to do with your life, Janice?" And, mm-hmm. you know, I knew it wanted to be something in broadcasting um, and we were listening to a lot of radio in l a uh, He was you know he loved wh- listening to the morning show in los angeles and i I listened with him sure. and I thought what a cool job to you know to do something on the radio uh, you know be a broadcaster and I was really intrigued by that. So you know, he said, "Listen, go back to school, and you can have this dream too." But I, I don't think it's just like hanging out with me and like thinking you're going to be discovered in a mall somewhere. It's, it doesn't work that way. That's very, you know, the. That's all <laughs> about know, the, in the movies. <laughs> exactly, it's only in the movies. So, I, I took his advice. He did break up with me, which I remember that plane ride home. I was like crying in the crushed. plane, and the, the you oh. know, the the flight attendants were all very kind. You know, they didn't have to really asked me what the problem was. I think all the female flight attendants knew what was going on. So I got back home and there was a college in my area, a a radio, television, broadcasting college that, uh, you know, was wonderful. I applied for it and all of the teachers there, were in the industry. So if you were good at what you were doing, and by the way, it was very hands on. So mm-hmm. I was learning how to cut tape, I was going out and doing interviews, I was learning all the jobs behind the scenes, Love being a it. producer, writing, I can't, you know, encourage that kind of education, uh, highly enough, it, mm-hmm. it was just so valuable. Mm-hmm. So I got a job right out of college at a a classic rock station and I started doing something called the Sun Scoop, which was a a reporter's job on the weekend where I would go out to these community events and I would report from, you know, the teddy bear picnic or, um, you know, the ice cream festival, whatever it was. And so that was my the beginning. Right. And while I was doing radio, um, they had me do a lot of television promotion as well um, because I had taken TV in school. And I remember one of the news directors at the local CBC channel in Canada uh, say, you know, you're good on television. Would you like to do some part time work? And I thought, sure, this would be, you know, great. Said, have you ever done the weather before? And I looked at him and I I was like, "Mm, uh, no, I have not. (laughs) But he's like, well, you know, listen, back then. You didn't have to have the the education that you have to have now to be, be in meteorology, broadcast sure, meteorology. Sure. Back then you were a weather presenter, right? You were you were you were kind of a weather reporter. So you would get you would rip and read the forecast okay. on television. Sure. So I did that part time. I didn't love it, uh, but it was it was great for my career because it was it was giving me experience in another different field. And the thing that I tell all young uh, you know, students coming out of school is don't have this microscopic view of what you want to do. Make sure you do everything and anything you can in that industry so you get an idea what of what, yeah. what you might be good at, right? Sure, sure. The other part of that is you get to meet more people so you have more connections. And you know, when I came to New York all of those years later, Um, and I, you know, went for my interview at Fox news and my boss said to me, well, I don't really know where to put you. You know, you've got a lot of experience in different areas and you're not really a a news. I can't see as a news anchor or a political commentator, but have you ever done the weather? And, you know, I looked at him, I said, well, I did the weather right out of college. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do have some experience with that. And he, he said, great, you know, uh, you'll be our daytime weather person. That was 18 years ago. Oh my gosh, and, that's great. That's so great. But when I realized that that was going to be my career, I went back to school. So while I was doing weather on Fox, I was also, uh, you know, taking courses at Mississippi State University uh, to become a broadcast meteorologist. I love knowing and, that. I had
0: no idea that, that I knew that there was like schooling, obviously, that you had to have in order to be, um, you know, at that level and to be able to do that, that kind of work. But I had no idea that there was a specific place that you like Mississippi state, for instance, I didn't Mm -hmm. know that that existed. And that's so cool to know.
1: A lot of the TV people that you see uh, doing the weather, like Al Roker, um, you know, um, many of the the local uh, TV meteorologists, um, went to Mississippi state because they were like me, they were maybe a journalist or they were doing something in television that brought them to this part of their career. And they decided, well, I'm going to go back to school if this is what I'm going to be doing. And Mississippi state has an excellent broadcast meteorology program. I highly recommend it. Um, and you know, and that's another big lesson is I went back to school in my mid to late thirties. So I always say, you know, it's never too late to learn something new. It's never too late to go back to school. That's
0: such a, and that's such a good segue for my next question because at the top of the uh, episode, I mentioned that you have this great new book, this inspiring book, Make Your Own Sunshine. How is it that a, a meteorologist at a major news network comes to be an author? This isn't your first book either. You've written several. How is it that, how does that, translate for you how did you get to that place where you wanted to write
1: I've always loved uh, to write and my mom will tell you the same thing not only was I interviewing people with a spoon in the backyard but I was also <laughs> somebody that loved to write you know throughout school um I loved English I loved reading um especially you know now i think i've read more books in the pandemic this past year than i have in my entire life you know i just enjoy same, sort same, of same. right yeah there is something about picking up a book and just sort of like immersing yourself in another world and and the imagination is a wonderful way to sort of take your mind off of you know what you're going through at the time so you know i I'm not surprised that I kind of like detoured down this path either because I've always loved to write. Mm-hmm. I started off with, with kid book, kids books. Yep. Uh, and, and because of the, my pr- profession doing weather, I would go out to schools and talk to schools about being, being a meteorologist and what kind of courses you have to take and talking about the weather. Kids love talking about storms that I came through do. their neighborhood. Of course they, their little faces light up, you mm-hmm. know, like what they went through or, you know, if they had, you know, the the power went out and they had to get their flashlights out and or, you know, even, you know, Hurricane Sandy that affected our area, the Northeast several years ago, even though that was a damaging storm, you know, kids remember that and the time that they went through and what their neighborhood looked like and how the community kind of came together to help one another. Um, so that was my point is, There wasn't a whole lot of books out there for kids uh, that talked about weather. there were, you know, there were sort of generalized books uh, that 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 didn't go into the meteorology background. Mm -hmm. Kids really want to know why things happen. Right. So I thought, why can't I do that? Why can't I write a book that has a cute story about a frog who loves to forecast the weather? And, you know, gets a part time job at the at the local TV station as a broadcaster with oh, Sally cool. Croker, <laughs> Sally Croker and Polly Waggins. I all hadn't read friends. that one. That's a good one. That's good. <laughs> so um, so that was sort of the beginning. I, I wrote five um, children's books that had to do with the weather with Freddie and, and his friends and mm-hmm. um, loved doing that. And then you know, a few years after that, I I had an editor that came to me and said, you know, you seem to have an interesting life. And I see you on Fox and Friends every morning with, you know, doing the weather with the crowd behind you. Um, You know, is there a a story uh, behind all of that? And so he and I got together and I told him a bit about, you know, my career and how I got here. And some of the stories that I just talked about with you, you know, you know, trying to find your way and Um, you know, a kid moving from Ottawa, Canada to New York city, um, you know, was something that when I look back on was quite incredible that I had that much courage to do that. Absolutely. absolutely. So mostly sunny came out. That was the memoir. And then my editor said, do you have another book in you? And, um, my, you know, for the last several years, not only have I been doing weather, but I do this feature on Fox news radio called the Dean's list. And it's Mm -hmm. a minute long news story, a good news story, about somebody who did something great or, uh, you know, someone that did something for someone else. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that for many years now. And I always wanted to sort of dive into those stories and make them bigger and find out why this person decided to buy another coffee for another person and how that turned into somebody doing something kind for someone else. (sighs) And that's what we came up with, and we we came up with the title of "Make Your Own Sunshine" because all of these people doing wonderful things for others is kind of like bringing sunshine into someone's it life. So that's is. Oh, that's it, how this kind of came about.
0: Well, it it is well, it is super appreciated at this time, and it's the kind of thing that I think that uh, you and I both have kids about the same age. It's it's that kind of um, good content that I was seeking out to share with my children as we were figuring out how to do school at home, as we were all figuring out how to coexist together in our, you know, the four walls of our home during the pandemic. And at this time when, you know, you're looking for these bright spots and those kinds of stories are the ones that, that I can really appreciate. And, and the, the other thing about the book that has really, uh, been very, to me, just very inspiring is how you have, uh, you yourself have been diagnosed with MS and have lived with MS now for, it's 15 years, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of thing that, that you can very well likely find yourself going down a path feeling sort of just dejected or, or discouraged. And there's really some very hopeful stories in there about folks like yourself who had a diagnosis and and not only you know looked towards the positive but also figured out how to turn it into something that could be you know reflective and helpful to the generation behind us as well and so all of that content is just so appreciated right now Janice I just I I'm so glad that you wrote it and I'm hopeful that all of my buddies and friends that are listening in to the podcast will grab a copy and and find the inspiration that I have in it as well.
1: That means so much to me because, you know, the common thread in all of the stories are some kind of challenge that the person went through uh, or an event that really kind of shook them and they decided to come out of it on the other side, wanting to be better human beings Mm -hmm. and sometimes a diagnosis of an illness or an illness that has happened to someone in your family or some kind of loss too. I mean, you know... It's, it's those stories that, that really make you stop and think and realize what the most important things are around you. Um, and so I think that that is sort of the, the lesson in every one of those stories is coming out of something dark and seeing the light. Uh, and sometimes that light comes from someone else or sometimes that light comes within yourself.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, and, and no question about it. I mean, that this has been the year to figure all of that out. But my next, um, my next question for you is, how is it? How has your life changed? As it relates to meteorology and, and newscasting? Are you are you going into the studio every day for work? How has your life changed since the pandemic in terms of doing the work that you do for Fox?
1: That's a good question. I have been at home this whole entire year. And if you had told me that, that there was going to be a green screen in my spare bedroom, you know, <laughs> two years ago, I would have looked at you and said, no, way! All right, I'll have some tequila with you. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I used to have people actually say to me jokingly, Oh, you know, why don't you just get them to like you know, have a green screen in your house, and that way you don't have to go into work and I would just look at them and go, "Yeah, okay, what planet are you on That's right. that can't happen right well, it happened uh I actually you know the company had people come in and really transform one of my spare bedrooms into a real studio, so I have awesome. a camera um I have a green screen, I have studio lights uh you know I have um Uh, studio, you know, TV monitors where I usually look on each side. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, when you have a green screen, you don't have a map behind you, right? You have to sort of cheat with with side monitors. So when I look at, you know, when it looks like I am looking back at the map, I'm actually looking at a side monitor of myself and the maps behind me through that green screen technology. It's a voodoo Um, that
0: only, only meteorologists know how to do. It is really impressive to watch from inside the studio. So to do it from home is like, wow.
1: It is. It's pretty amazing. And I have gotten quite used to it. And I will tell you, even though this year has been so, so challenging for so many people in so many different ways, I will always fondly remember this year because I did the weather at home. And when my kids get up, they come up and see me and so it's fun. like, literally, I'll be just, hey guys, I'm just about to go on TV. So, so, you know, can you just be quiet for two minutes and then, you know, you can come in and let's hug. Let's mm-hmm. give each other hugs. So that's been so tremendous just to be able to do my job and see my kids in the morning and be able to help get breakfast ready and stuff. So that will always be a cherished memory uh, of this pandemic.
0: Now that's another silver lining is that we've had so much more family time. What is it that you guys, so when you're not doing the weather and when you're not at work and when you and your family are all together, what kinds of things are you guys able to do in New York on the weekend? What do you, what do you most look forward to on the weekends to, to do together?
1: Well, we live on Long Island, so we're really lucky. We live in a neighborhood that um, that's not constricting, right? That mm-hmm. we don't have to, We live in a home and we have a backyard, and we have um, you know lots of streets to um, to explore on our bikes. That yes. was something that I asked for on my 50th birthday last year. Is I wanted a bike, and I hadn't ridden a bike in years, but I saw so many families. Getting on their bikes and riding, riding through the neighborhood during the pandemic—something mm-hmm. to do with each other. You couldn't and buy s- a bike. You couldn't even find
0: a bike if you wanted mm-hmm. to. It was like one of it was a very hot commodity. Lucky for you, you got one.
1: Well, it took some. Uh, you know, my husband uh, did a lot of research online, and it took him to Connecticut six weeks later uh, to find the last. Uh, you know bike that I was looking for. Wow. And it was it wasn't the color that I wanted, but it didn't matter because it was like one of the last <laughs> bikes available in the in the Northeast, I think, in the yeah. month of May. So, yeah, we were really lucky. Oh, that's
0: awesome. Well, you tell a great story about that surprise 50th uh, that that your family pulled off for you during the pandemic. Birthdays have changed. The look of celebrations have changed so much during all of this. Uh, So I'm glad to hear that because the biking has definitely come up big time in our house too for for all of our kids and for for our family. It's something we do to get out and get around. Janice, um, as you look around to your colleagues and your friends that you admire, I I always ask my guests to recommend someone for a future episode of the podcast. Who would you recommend to join me at, at some point in the future as a guest?
1: Have you had my friend Shannon Bream on yet? I have not No, well, I highly recommend her. She is one of my best friends. uh she lives in d c mm-hmm. but we've gotten to know each other over the years we are We have very similar personalities uh we like the same things. we laugh at the same uh stories she is one of the most kindest generous people you will ever meet um you know sometimes this business can be a little bit um i don't know what the word is uh hmm it, it, it can be difficult to make friends sometimes in this business right competitive, it, competitive it, is probably the it, word yeah that's mm-hmm. a that's a good word mm-hmm. and even though you know i've been at the same place now for 18 years and I've I've gotten to know so many wonderful people there. Really, truly, my second family. I feel like mm-hmm. Shannon and I just you know connected right away. And so you know we see each other several times a year. We keep in touch with each other pretty much on a daily basis. Sure, you know yeah. by via text and that kind of thing. Um, but she's such a she is somebody that makes her own sunshine. Uh, and I feel like a better person knowing her. Awesome. Um, and she just has you know a great um, way to look at life. Uh, and she has a, an interesting path, a journey that she's gone on. Um, and I think that she would be a real inspirational person to talk to. Well, it
0: comes through in her reporting. I don't know Shannon, but I, I have admired her for many years. And I, I think the kindness comes through in the way that she reports uh and does the work that she does at Fox every day. So I will tell her that you recommended her and I am just so grateful for your time today, Janice. Thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, let's be sure to stay in touch because I can't wait to hear what the next book idea will be.
1: (laughs) I would enjoy that. Thank you so much.
0: And that's today's episode of the Friday reporter. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time.